Welcome to Career Tools. Our guidance on email security. Folks, the questions this podcast answers are who owns your email? Why would I want to be careful about what goes in my email? Why can't you write your password down as well? Wendy, we've got a lot of guidance on email. It's amazing that after 10 years, we've never talked about email security. We are routinely surprised, and I would say at this point, I shouldn't be surprised, but at some points, I'm shocked about what I hear about from firsthand from people and what I read about in terms of how people handle email, both in terms of operationally, but then in terms of what email is, how to use it, and so on. And I'm not sure it's getting any better. I think in the beginning, people actually did better with security on email, but now it's become ubiquitous, um, but it's still the primary form of communication other than face-to-face in most companies. And we need to consider security around it and we'll do our best to make this interesting, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like lots of things that become ubiquitous. Yes. When you first got a phone, you were super careful with it, never dropped it. And now... Now it's a... It's, it's a, it's it's a, a thing. Um, gosh, it's not a commodity. That's not the right thing. It's utility. It's like the yeah. difference between being the person who had their house electrified 100 years ago and the flipping a switch today. Yeah, and with that utility comes, you know, not 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 caring, but a lot more relaxed about the way we use things. Yeah. Okay. So what's our what's our guidance? So our guidance is all your email lists belong to them. Oh my, that's a, that is a full techie, full techie mode zero wing. <laughs> it is. I hope I'm going to get some credibility for that. Right. All your base are belong to us. Yes. Uh, then don't write what you wouldn't want read and use basic security measures. So I'll just jump ahead and say you don't want to start an email with all caps. Don't tell anyone this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That should be one of the phrases. Which that, like, I've is... actually heard three or four times now rel- relative to criminal cases. And this one that I remember most clearly is I want to say about the London whale. It actually may have been the LIBOR scandal. And the London interbank rate. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, they actually, one of the emails started, a trader said to his buddy, don't tell anybody this. All right. Sorry. Getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. All your email is belong to them. Exactly. We need to probably say something about. About why we've just forgotten. Yes. Since you and I are both grammar schools. Exactly. Why have we suddenly lost our grammar? So there was a meme that started in the early 90s. There was a um, a game that was translated for a different game set. Okay, you need to get a little bit of history if you're going to give deck credit. So there's a game called Zero Wing, which was popular. And in it, as often happens when there was coding done by one group that was a different nationality than the customer base. In this case, it was uh, Japanese coders wrote code uh, and included captioning or what was actually said. And when it got translated literally in the game, it came as all your bases are belong to us. Meaning at the start of this game, we've basically overrun you. And the part of the game is to get back your bases in part. Um, Okay. So that's the start of the meme. But then the meme really, no, that's not the start of the meme. That's what actually happened. Mm -hmm. But then the meme started actually, I think, 
a good bit later than that, if I'm not mistaken, because really memes didn't exist before, you know, the internet really started getting going as a mm -hmm. form of social media. So if you've ever seen that before and you wonder what the heck it is, folks, now you know. And we changed it. I changed it to all your email lists belong to them because it just seemed to fit. Yes, because what we want to say there, say that in one sentence, what we intend to make clear here. Any email that you send or receive by your company email address belongs to the company. It's not yours. You're not entitled to it. It can be taken from you. It can be read. Everything. The email that you send on your company laptop is just like the laptop, right? Yeah. It's not yours. And if you left, they would keep the laptop. And when you leave, all of your emails are still sitting there. Okay, we've talked about this before. We've talked about the need for people to want to own things, right? Yeah, and part of the reason we want to own things is because then we act appropriately towards them. Yes, because ownership implies rules. Yes. And there's a rule set associated with ownership that helps us. It's essentially a, um, a heuristic, a rule of thumb that helps you understand what you can and cannot do. Phones have become the same way, right? Yeah. For instance, if you ask to borrow somebody's phone or somebody's iPad, then you know you should use it for the thing you just asked and not to go look at their photos or their history or anything else because it doesn't belong to you. And so we own things because then we can use those rules about what we can do with it. And if you're a person who believes that there ought not to be ownership, I'm sure you're struggling here and we apologize, but you're in a very small minority and no offense, but we can't please everybody all the time. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really matter if it's been given to you or if you use it on a regular basis. So you and I have a car parking space in the parking lot at San Antonio Airport that we nearly always use. And when I get up there and my part that parking space is taken, I always say, why are they using my parking yeah. space? Well, to be clear, when you say that, there are people who believe that I traveled so much out of San Antonio that they have actually given us a parking space. Let's be clear. There is a public parking space in the San Antonio airport that I always used. I taught Wendy to use it when she moved to Texas from Great Britain, and it became ours over time. But the ludicrosity of that <laughs> statement that it was ours is patently obvious. So Winnie makes the point that we can make things ours that are not ours in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so we talk about my email. Yeah. But the, the email we use at work is just a mailbox that the company provides in order for us to effectively do the work they're paying us to do. It's not ours at all. It's theirs, and they kind of lend it to us. It's like... The house owner lending the gardener no, I disagree. A I don't think they're lending it at all. They built it to allow us to use it, but it's ours. It's like an apartment. The apartment you live in, if you're renting it, it's not yours. You can't do some things in that apartment. It's not yours, right? I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think of an apartment as being lent to me. I'm paying for the right to use it. Yeah, that's a better, a better it's, analogy. Yeah, it's a utility. Right. It's, it's essentially a utility that the company creates, and they created it. Okay? Um, the water that comes into my house is not mine. 
until it's metered and paid for. The water that's underneath the city streets out here is not mine. It's just not. <laughs> and we talk about it as if it's ours. Well, look, when people say to American elected officials, you work for me, yeah, that's really not true, guys. In, in theory, it sounds nice, but it's, it's not true. They're literally trying to own an elected official. And your point is, the company can take it back. Actually, it's not right to say it can take it back because it never it was really ours. Been. We named it. We owned it. We think that gives us the ability. And look, email is certainly configurable in enormous ways, unlike, say, an apartment, although you could have an argument about that. But the company never gave it to us, so they don't think of it as taking it back. Okay, It has the right to shut it down. It has the right to lock the door. It has the right to go into your email because it's not your email. It is their email. In fact, there's a whole agent discussion we could have here about the difference between a principal and an agent. You're an agent for the company, but you're not the company. And it has the right to read all your emails or ask you what certain emails are about or even broadcast your emails across the company or outside. Folks, if you're a manager, I've been thinking for the last couple of three years about how to write a podcast about reading your direct emails. Now, I know there's some people in Australia whose head just exploded. Folks, don't worry. Um, trust us. And I am waiting for the right conversations to occur when I talk to people about that idea such that there won't be such a hue and cry about my boss can't do that. Why doesn't he trust me? that I can convince managers that it's a completely reasonable thing to do. If you think of email as being yours and therefore your boss reading it as somehow a, an invasion, you're mistaken. More importantly, if you think of it that way and you're behaving inappropriately and you've left the company, but an email you wrote plays a role one, two, three, four, five years later, which is required by law in many cases for archiving purposes. If your email is a problem, you can be subpoenaed. You can be asked to testify. And believe me, your career can be ruined. And many people's have. Yeah. And you, you should have a face-to-face. And they say, well, it's a little bit harder. First of all, it's better, okay, the face-to-face. And I'm trying to tell them, you can't do this by email, or you can't do this by email and call yourself intelligent, or you can do this by email, but please carry around a cyanide pill so you can kill yourself before they chop your head off, because I suspect chopping your head off really is painful and cyanide may not be. I mean, I'm amazed. And so you complain about your boss, you know, you complain to a coworker. You say to your team, the boss said X, but I I disagree, but I have to forward this. And you put that in email that will come back to haunt you. That is part of your persona, your character, and it lasts. It lasts. The point we're making here after talking about Zero Wing is it is not your mail. Okay. It is not. It is the company's. It is a utility provided to make it easier for you to do your job. Anything you put in email will be kept, will be read, will be shared, will be used to judge your character. It is front page of the New York Times, front page of the Daily Mail, even worse. Yeah. Okay. So, so continuing on the theme of you know, it's not yours and it could be read, uh, the second section is 
don't write what you wouldn't want to be read. Right. So as you said, that your email can be requested in an investigation. So internally, actually, there won't even yeah, be a request. Yeah, have to request. Why would I request it? It was never yours. I don't have to request something that is mine. That's like me requesting to use my house from Wendy. No, it's actually my house. So the company doesn't have to request looking at your email. Again, tip of the hat to you, Australia. The company doesn't have to request looking at your email because it's not your email, it's the company's email. And because in organizational theory 101, your manager is the company, that's the whole point of role power, the ability to speak for the company as your manager makes your manager the company to you to give the company life, to make it easier for you to think about this diffuse idea that exists as an organization, your manager can look at your email anytime he or she wants. Now, there may be checks in place between the manager and the company, but you're not going to know that those checks are being used or not used when, in fact, your email is looked at. So externally, people do have to oh, request God. it, yeah. although they won't request it from you. Yeah, they won't. It's not yours. It's yeah. not yours. They'll go and talk to legal or... IT or one of the other departments, maybe the CEO, but you won't know that your email is being requested. And it can be requested by auditors or authorities if you're in a in a industry that has to be regulated, um, the government, just because it seems that they can have it. I'll give you a perfect example of, the, you're talking externally. Let's go back to internally for a moment. Folks, if you're a manager, ask yourself what would happen if in one of your next staff meetings, or even more interestingly, in every one-on-one -on -one you're doing with every one of your directs, please tell me you're doing so. But regardless, let's just stick with staff meeting. And one of the items you put in is email. It's just a two-minute item toward the end of the, the meeting. Uh, actually, no, even better. Put it in the middle of an hour-long meeting so your directs have time to cycle on it before the end of the meeting. And say, hey, by the way, guys, just a quick note saw some stuff recently, you should assume your email's being read. And every single person goes, Well, oh. here's the thing. You're hearing us. You get what we're saying intellectually. You're not thinking day-to-day -day about your email being read by somebody else, okay? Let alone, by the way, if you don't like people reading your email, Google's reading your email. That's why you're getting those targeted ads. But it's not actually a person, right? Well, a company's not actually a person either. Okay, but just tell them that. If you understand that intellectually, pay attention to the responses you get from your directs in that meeting when you say, hey, just real quick, want to let you know, some stuff's happened and you should assume your email's you know, being looked at. Watch people say things like, well, how am I supposed to get any work done if email's open? Who's looking? Do we know them? What are the standards? And hopefully what you'd say is, guys, I'm sorry, I, I thought you knew. All your emails being looked at, always. Well, how are you supposed to get any work done? It sounds to me like you have something to hide. Do you have something to hide? No. Well, then why is it a problem? Well, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, then, guys, as long as you have nothing to hide, you can ignore me. If you have something to hide, I love you. I want you to stay. It ain't hiding an email, trust me. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Now, you got on to external, right? Because... Yes. Hmm. So, uh, so we talked about auditors, authorities, the government, and in court cases, they either civil or criminal, your email can be requested by 
the lawyers based on what the what not the course. Let's be clear, not requested. Demanded. Has the oh, force true. of law. And the yeah. company has to provide it. Now, the company can choose to redact certain information and we get into some arcana of the law here. I'm gonna be overly simplistic. But if you are discussing the launch of a product that's secret, it's okay. Companies have negotiations with authorities and counterparties and suits and lawsuits and so on, legal proceedings that allow them to redact a certain information. That's okay. But the redacted information is almost never what will get you hung. No, that's true. And the other thing, I just got to tell you this, having been involved in probably four or five of these cases in the last 20 years, you may think, I'm good, I'm not doing anything. But if you got emails from somebody who's the source of the investigation, and I want you to think for a moment about how many people get emails from you or distros you're on and so on. If you got an email or you sent an email to that person, your email will be looked at. That's the beauty of an email search on the part of the authorities or a legal counterparty, right? Yeah, you, you only need to be tangentially related to what's going on and they'll take your emails. Yeah, but tangentially related, is, is, is that's vague. Legally, all there needs to be is some form of communication. And the reason, again, why authorities love email is every single conversation that happened in email. And for those of you who are younger, you like using email because it's more efficient, and we get that. But face-to-face -face is more effective and safer and more secure because it is not... Uh, Persistent. There's another word I'm looking for, and I can't come to it. It doesn't sustain itself, a face-to-face -face conversation. They're not going to come to you and say, oh, by the way, your emails have been subpoenaed. Which yeah. ones can we look at? Right? They're just going to look at all of them. Because the first thing a criminal would say is, you can't look at those. Yeah. Right? They'd say, oh, here's like 400 emails, and here's 20 you can't look at. And don't assume that because you're innocent of the crime they're investigating that somebody won't see the emails in corporate and let your boss or boss's boss know, by the way, no offense, but you got a guy down there who's fomenting rebellion. No offense. I was in the meeting. We had a discussion with the lawyers about this insider trading thing and your guys were all in it but you know your guys are all innocent and one of your guys this guy joe you need to talk to him and joe's like hey i didn't do anything wrong i'm good to go yeah it's not that <laughs> simple so yeah so that means no venting no accusations no condemnations on work email and by the way if you're sending personal email on your phone or on your work computer same thing. If the phone is a work phone, yeah. same thing. I hate to tell you. Now, you might say, hey, Mark, that's actually not the law precisely. Oh, you'd be right. But any time you have to think to yourself, the precise reading of the law protects me, you are doing something you oughtn't be doing. An honest person's conscience is their pillow. If you have to split hairs with the law to be safe, you're making a mistake. Yeah. Unless you are a lawyer. Most people are not as good at interpreting the law as the lawyers oh, are. And they can make a lot of things apply when you don't think they would. Yeah. Just think about contracts. The black and white of contracts versus relationships. Blech. Almost impossible to square that circle. So that means also you can't look for new jobs, right? Oh, can we do the middle one? 
Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to do this one because I have an example. So that it says, don't carry on a romantic relationship on your work email. Right. So I was working as an admin for two or three managers and they gave me their email addresses. Hadn't met this guy, but I had his email and I was just scrolling through it to kind of get an idea of what he did and who he talked to and that stuff. Anyway, he was carrying on a relationship with someone who wasn't his wife. And I don't know whether he twigged that I would read his email or not, but it was all there to see. And I could have done something about it, right? I could have blackmailed him. I could have done I could have done all sorts of things. And if somebody wants to, they'll use those emails against you. Yep. And I got a resume the other day with somebody's work email on the top of oh their resume. My Don't do that. Almighty. Yeah, you can't use your work email to search for new jobs. I mean, because now Wendy will send a note to the guy's work email, and who knows? Who knows? Or even better, the company has this person in a job that they were in the job long enough. She sends an email to the company. The company doesn't shut down the email because there are ongoing operations that clients think are related to this. And so all of his emails get forwarded to his boss and his boss finds out two weeks after he left, hey, he's left. He's probably thinking I'm good. His boss finds out two weeks later that he was doing a search on his own after specifically telling the boss, no, I'm not searching. And then he gets an email clearly indicating that the guy was looking. Now, that former boss will never trust you again. Now, if he didn't give a reference, for instance, now he knows why he didn't give a reference and he'll tell all of his buddies, yeah, I don't trust that guy. At least if I were him, I wouldn't. And how many times have you forwarded an email to the wrong person? Oh, yeah. Or or yeah. printed it and left it on the printer or had it up on your desktop when somebody came up behind you. It's just not worth it. I think almost every sitcom now, situation comedy on TV, has an episode where there's an email forwarded that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It's personal or private or embarrassing in some way. And Yeah, it's just... It's just a plot a device, thing. right? Yeah, it's a plot device. It's, it's so common. It's a plot device. Come on. And I know you're not the one to do it, but I've done it. I, oh, uh, sure. With a, client, with a client, I had a COO client say, what should I do about this person who's problematic? And I said, here's my answer. And in the answer, I said, you know, yep, he's a problem. Here's what we need to do. And then I sent it, forwarded it to him. Oh. And he said, And he said to me, you know, I really think you're being unfair here. And I said, well, okay, I apologize. This is terrible. And I made a horrible mistake. And please refute anything I said in the email. But of course, it didn't matter. The relationship was ruined. Well, we were negotiating with some contractors around um, some IT work we wanted done. And they accidentally forwarded to us their internal note about how they thought we were terrible people. And, but it was okay because they had us over a barrel and they were yeah. going to go for how much and... Yeah, never trusted them again. Never. Yeah. If they have a smart client manager, he would say, Yeah, I'd love to keep your business. And I understand why not. And I'm sorry. And yeah. You just oh, write it, it the, off. the first thing that everybody did was start working out how we, how we could go without them. Yep. Good. Okay. Some recommendations basic security measures. Yeah. 
So use password and don't write it down. And I know that most corporate systems require you have a password and they say that you have to have a capital and a number and a and a one of those funny signs and it's got to be longer than six characters and it can't be the one that you used before and all that stuff, which is really annoying. And you need a password and it has to have some security. And yes, they can all be hacked from Russia behind the scenes. But if you're just talking about, you know, having your laptop stolen or somebody infiltrating the building you're working in and then being able to get into your email or into your system, you have to have a password. Yeah, I'll tell you, speaking of passwords, I remember reading an article in the journal a couple of years ago about a guy who was a password security guy. He says, look, if something's really important to you, you should type in a string, a long string, like a hundred words, random stuff. I mean, like literally just drag your hands over the keyboard. Gibberish, long, hundred characters, um, provided your password system would allow that. Copy it and paste it into the thing. And then anytime you want to use to get to that stuff, you have to go to a separate hard drive that is encrypted. You have to unencrypt it. You have to put in your encryption password and then you have to copy and paste it. So that way, when you're investigated and they say, what is your password? You can say, I don't know. Oh, wow. Now, the reason I say that is not because I recommend it, but most people who are listening, if not virtually every person who's listening to this, that's one end of the spectrum, and you think that end of the spectrum is crazy, that guy thinks your end of the spectrum is also crazy. And he does this, and he teaches this. He's an expert. We had a guy come, um, he was a white hat hacker, yeah. I guess, um, and he was telling us about, um, it was a defense-related uh, building that did something with with the military but it wasn't actually military and one of the things that they wanted to do as the white hat hackers to prove that the building was insecure was to get into the building without you know passes or anything so they walked around the building and at the back there was a fire door and it was being propped open, propped open. By, of course it is. by the extinguisher and so they just walked in and and that's what passwords are like it's it's so obvious that you think well you know i'll, I'll just pick something easy but that means that the people who want to use it have an easy way in yeah and you need to change it regularly you need to have passwords for your phone and your laptop and your tablet you need to have a different one at home when you change the one at work you should change the one at home and they should be different um it's it's really that simple didn't you tell me something about how unsafe laptops are and how they literally have become like what thieves what corporate espionage and thieves look for either for their value or for their information you told me something about laptops at airports yeah the number of laptops that's, that are left at airports is just amazing so i had to narrow it down to one airport when i was looking at the numbers in lax there are 154 laptops left every month every month and where did they oh i mean my I know it's five and yeah. it's just amazing, and and they all end up a lot a lot of things that go into lost and found at airports end up get, being sold, and so who knows who now who has got your information? Somebody who buys laptops in bulk. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Who needs that? 
And um, the other piece of information I read said, if your laptop is stolen by somebody who wants to sell it, they've sold it in 90 minutes. Holy Toledo. I know. It's probably half an hour before you notice it's missing. Yeah. Okay, wrap us up. So email security is a lot like insurance. It's boring and we don't want to think about it. And when you need it, it all suddenly becomes critically important. So you can be smart and insure yourself. By knowing that it's not your email. Exactly. Got to have the basic security message. And you can't use email to talk about things that you shouldn't be talking about. And if you don't know what those things are, send us an email. We'll be happy to tell you more. But it ought to be obvious. All your email is belong to them. That's special. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everybody. That's it. Come back next week for more career guidance from the folks at Manager Tools and Career Tools. See you then. Career Tools produces actionable guidance for professionals every week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face, go to www.managertools.com. Search for Career Tools on Twitter and LinkedIn.